Welcome, welcome one and all to Maine Education Matters. My name is Matt. My name is Julie. Julie, today it is a very exciting day here at Maine Education Matters because we're actually getting back to what our sense of normalcy is because the Education Committee is back and they are meeting, they are hearing bills, they are having public testimony. So we are going to do a preview of the public hearing happening at 10 a.m. on February 8th, 2021. Let's get to it. So for those who are either new to this podcast, new to the process, or just need a recap since it's been so long, what happens is the bills go, they, they, they get presented, they get uh, someone writes a title in, someone has an idea. Then over the next month or two, they actually craft the language for the bill. That bill then goes before the committee. The committee hears testimony, has a discussion about it has a work session on it, a work session. Um, people are not allowed to have public commentary unless they're invited to so the public hearing. There's a work session. And if that gets through work session, they'll have a vote, ought to pass, ought not to pass, et cetera. Then it moves on to the houses of Congress. And then it goes through a whole other convoluted, intense, difficult process that I thought was going to be really easy because I saw that schoolhouse rock show video many, 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 many moons ago. And it is so not that. It is not just a matter of he's just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill. No, it's, it's they, there's like, it goes here that has to have like seven different votes and it could, it's complicated. So we are at the very, pretty much the second stage of this where the bill has been titled and now it's going to public hearing. Um, can we please put a link to the Schoolhouse Rock YouTube video on how to become a bill? I think that that is going to be something that I, I, we will we'll send a note to our crack social media team okay. to to get that to get that linked up uh, right away. I'm writing down. I'm just a bill. I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. Oh, Saturday mornings were the best. <laughs> This this one is off to a great start, Matt. Keep it no, up. Right. We're, we're already off the rails. Um, so just a couple of things about the bills. If you decide to go and read them yourself, that's literally why we're here. So you don't have to do it. But if you want to do it yourself to get the language totally understandable, you'll see a couple of things that are written in. One, if you see language that is underlined, that means it's new language. It's added to. If you see strikeout, that means it's taken away. So in these initial bills, it gets confusing because you might have a whole bunch of stuff with underlined and then stuff that's gonna be crossed out. So my recommendation is to do what we've always done is ignore the actual language in the bill and just go to the summary. Because they always have a summary. And you know, I don't wanna work extra hard on this. So that's what we what we would do here, and that's how I recommend what we go for. Or that that's how I read them. You can read them however you want to. I got I, other stuff to do. You told me to read LD forty four on summer school, and I read the whole thing underlined, and then I noticed the summary, and then I remembered from previous years on Maine Education Matters that um, you had advised just to jump to the summary. So already I'm a day late and a dollar short. 
So to, to, to paraphrase from the Adam Sandler movie, The Wedding Singer, this was information that you could have used yesterday. Yes. Uh, so as you just introduced, LD44, presented by Representative Pierce out of Falmouth. This is an act to establish the Summer Success Pilot Program Fund. Has there ever been a summer program fund? Uh, ever is a long time, but I do know, and I do remember, I don't remember the exact LD number, but this has come up before. And I don't know if it was an issue that it was just cut out, if it was dropped, if it, you know, there were some bills that got passed through the legislature, but governors just don't sign them and they might just completely die. Some get signed and go, go into, go into law some are called a uh, pocket veto and just never see the light of day i don't so i don't know about this one. what does this one do it provides money for schools to have extended school year in the summer yes it provides money for that i believe it also i see here it requires the commissioner to establish standards and approval for the allocation and use so yeah, so it so it's 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 setting up how if you wanted to have a summer school program, here's some funds that might help you get started. Is that am I reading that right? Yes. But speaking of the funds, the the question, I mean, I have a few questions about it, but one of the questions, I believe I read somewhere that yes, school administrative units with greater than 50% student participation in the federal free and reduced price lunch program must be given priority in the distribution of funding from the program fund. Now, I'm not sure if that is in addition to the Title I reallocation funding formula that occurs. So that confused me a little bit. The thing that makes me think that this is different from that is that the Title I funding is federal and these are locally developed. This is a, this is a statewide funding. I think that's right, but I don't, but I'm also, I could be, as I most often am, mistaken on that. Don't the I, title I, funds come out of the federal? Yes, but I could be understanding this incorrectly, but what I'm, what I'm concerned about is that a district or some districts could Double dip. Double dip. And leave kids without support elsewhere. So that, that's a big concern of mine as I read that. that. That's interesting. I, that, that's, I had not thought of that. And I, I don't know if I, that's, that's brilliant. Um, my gosh. I don't think that's ever been um, used in the same sentence with, uh, with me, but uh, I'll take that. Oh, Matt Shea, repeat that. Brilliant. When you do the editing, repeat it over and <laughs> over. Brilliant. That'd be the new intro. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, now we're a Guinness commercial from the 90s um, or early 2000s, whenever that was. Um, no one is going to deny that if, if things slow down with the pandemic, we would love to have some more time, especially those of us who have only been able to have cohorts in, in a hybrid model. Mm. Uh, I would love to be able to spend more time with these kiddos and give them a more solid foundation 
heading into the next school year. But I, I'm interested to see where this will go. I am too, and I'm curious as to how they came up with the, the dollar amount because they had they're they're adding to they're asking to add two hundred forty three thousand dollars to the budget, which really and is not that much. That's not a whole heck of a lot, right? I was oh. thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so, I, I are are there you know oftentimes we've we've found that maybe that there are districts that just like someone in a district uh, tells our committee member that they need something or they need this put in. And so then they gets pushed in and so they have to discuss it, discuss it. But I'm really wondering about if this is supposed to be to help create equity across, especially in terms of the 50% reduced lunch and is supposed to help provide that. Um, to what extent is the 243,000 going to be, is it going to help? How much is going to help? Because how many districts are there in the state of Maine? 180, 170, something like that? Yeah, I, I think the contradictory so, thing for me, Matt, is it's titled a pilot. And when I hear pilot, I think of gotcha. a small group of highly interested individuals who have an idea and they want to pilot it. But then in the summary, when it says that this will be to encourage high quality summer success pilot programs throughout the state, Maybe it's just the wording that I, I guess I I would have thought that if it's a pilot and it's only two hundred forty three thousand, that maybe they would have said it would be limited to right smaller number. I I don't know. No. So uh, we'll have to find out. And when it comes to testimony, to see what people are saying and to what will often happen in the testimony is the person who the representative who presents it. Uh, Representative Pierce, he'll show up at the committee that day and he'll give a speech and present his testimony and then take questions from the committee. Um, so I'm hoping we will learn more then. I hope so, at least. Maybe we won't. Next up is LD number 55, rep, uh, presented by Representative Fecto of Augusta, co-sponsored by Representative Harnett of Gardiner. And this is an act to protect minority religious groups by eliminating prior approval requirement for a school absence for a recognized religious holiday. It seems respectful and equitable to me. Like why? Here's what seems respectful to me about this bill. The summary is one sentence. Matthew. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> the quote, this bill removes the requirement for prior approval for a school absence for a recognized religious holiday. Boom, the end. It takes, it, it literally eliminates six words out of statute. Matt, this is, a, this is a serious one. This is serious. I know it's serious. It's so short, it's lovely. <laughs> I mean, I, this, this this one right here might be my favorite so far because it required the least amount of work for me to even think about. Like, oh, yeah, so it's a religious holiday. It's recognized. Okay, you don't have to get prior approval. Okay. So uh -huh. I, wanna, I wanna talk that through with you though. I mean, should, yeah, sure. should you have to get prior approval for, I don't think so. Let's respect our families religious beliefs and, and honor those. I mean, is it 
because it's been taken advantage of, or I don't know why. I, I, I like this one. I think it's I think it's on the right track. I, I don't I don't know why this is a thing that but this has obviously come up because this has been a thing somewhere. Mm -hmm. Someone did something somewhere or there's some policy somewhere that says nope for any kind of absence you have to give some kind of an approval uh, part, whether it's a doctor's appointment or a religious celebration or holiday and um, well, that's so, the thing right there. If I'm going to the dentist next week, I might not bring my dentist note in and say, I'm going, you know, my child is going to be out for half a day, but I will bring that documentation after. It seems like more leeway should be given to. So then would a, going by down, making that kind of comparative thing, would that family then, if they took a religious holiday or a religious moment off would they have to then didn't get prior approval have to come in later and say here's why we were absent because then i guess there might be a do they have to provide that information if it's not medical wouldn't it be wonderful if you know it's, it's an interesting question yeah well i have put a lot of thought into um into this as our diversity grows in SACO and I'm just loving that growth. Um, you know, especially when December hit and we would have conversations about the December dilemma and how all mm. of a sudden everything turns into um, Christmas mode when, <laughs> so, I mean, we have broached this conversation as a staff and um, I did some research and I have a list of the holidays that I can grab at any moment. And wouldn't it be nice if districts would have those conversations so that they were aware of, well, these are the potential, these are the holidays this month. Just be aware that we may have some families who who practice, observe. I don't know. I just think it's a step in the right direction. I I, I hear you. And I, I I personally agree. I'm also just trying to th I'm, I'm I'm thinking trying to think of you know worst case scenario. And that might be something where someone in a district might think like, so then these kids or these families can just choose whatever they want to and be out for whatever reason they want to. And if there's no medical reason for why they were absent, do they have to then explain that it was a religious reason why they were absent, which could then, does that is that a first, I know it's going to be a first amendment thing, but is that a thing where we're getting into, again, um, doing the exact opposite of the intention, which if the intention is to be more inclusive in terms of recognizing people's uh, beliefs, could it be a thing where they'd say, well, no, you have to give us a reason why you were absent? Because we have to give reasons why you were absent. The, and the, there are so many districts that have those policies and attendance policies. So what impact is this going to have on attendance policies? And that's where my mind goes to it. And I don't know the answer. Well, we shall watch this one closely. Yeah. Hey. The, for, for the overall length of this particular bill, I was really excited about it. But now that I'm thinking about it more, my brain is starting to hurt. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't intend that for no. you. But... I, I, I'm weird this way and I like my brain hurting. Okay. It means that it's still working. Well, nothing could be a better segue to the next We're one than, to. than that. Good ah! 
we do this intentionally, folks. We plan these things out, these conversations. It's well all planned. intentional, right? Uh, LD, the final one for their first day of testimony, LD 104, an act to protect the health of student athletes by requiring the establishment of procedures to report concussions presented by Representative Brennan of Portland. Another short one. I'm going to presume positive intentions that this is to collect some data for the overall health and well-being of our students. Mm, I do too. There's been a lot of, there's been so much uh, data and conversation about concussion and the, and the long-term uh, adverse impacts they have on kids' lives. And um, it can seem kind of controversial in a way, but when you really think about it, I'm like, for me, it's like, why is this controversial? This is about like brain health. So there hasn't been a whole lot done. And I think I, I like this, that it's, it's trying to create a procedure that which SAUs and private schools report to the department on an annual basis, the number of student athletes who experience concussive and other head injuries while participating in school activities and athletics. So whenever they're on the school grounds, whenever they're doing something with school, if someone gets a concussion, they gotta make that a, it's a yes, is it is another report we have to fill out but it's an important one in my opinion. My mind just went to the place where we want all PLCs to get to when they look at data to be able to determine if, you know, let's say we've all given, you know, my colleagues and I have given a, an assessment on a paragraph and mm. all of your students just came out with threes and fours on their paragraph, just beginning, ending, you know, concrete details and, and mine were, you know, very pithy. So that PLC would then turn to you, Mr. Druett card and say, so how did you get students to, to that level? So this reminds me of, or it brought run to away. Will, no, will, will schools have the conversations to actually use the data and see, okay, so what are they doing in Piscataquis to really protect kids? Mm. Whereas in you know, this other community, kids seems to be having a concussion every day. Right. I, I think that it's, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile conversation to have. Um, so I think you and I are both on the same page. All right. So that's it for our uh, first public hearing. February 8th. I, I'm ready. I am ready. Anything else you want to uh, to say about either the, the committee or to shut before we wrap up today, Julie? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't reiterate my love for the Ed Committee. So I do want to say that. And I would love for you to remind people about this amazing spreadsheet that oh, sure. we have available. So to there's two ways to keep track of the bills. If you want to hear the color commentary, you can come to listen here. If you just want to get the brass, uh, the, the brass facts and the links of what's going on, what's being heard and when, uh, go to our Twitter profile or our Facebook page and the 2021 main education bills spreadsheet is up there. It's go, it has different ways to sort it by subject, by LD number and title. You can look at just the sponsor information. There's a whole ton of really high quality uh, information that we're going to do our best to keep track of. We've hired an amazing data management team uh, to to help keep track of all this information um, as it comes out and goes forward. 
Wonderful. So where can they find us? Um, you're forgetting a very important part, new part of our podcast. What did I, oh, I'm very sorry, please continue. It is time for the Lady Smythe shout outs. It was on the rundown too. I just it ran was. Right over it. I just distracted I you with spreadsheet information. <laughs> so Lady Smythe has two shout outs today. The first goes to a woman that you have served on a committee with, I believe, Matt. I would like to give a shout out to my dear friend, Mary Bellavance. Mary is an instructional coach in the Bitterford school system, yet with this pandemic, she has been teaching remotely. And how lucky are those kids to have probably one of the most amazing liter literacy teachers. So I'm very happy for those kids, but I know that it's a lot on Mary. So I just wanna give a shout out to Mary because I love her and I think she's amazing. And my second shout out goes to all of the ed techs and the staff members who I mean, ed techs always have to be so flexible in the education world as it is, but with this pandemic, we just recently experienced um, a positive case and four of our staff members had to quarantine because they were close contacts and mm -hmm. the teamwork, and I know it's not just in, in our building, but I hear it across the teamwork and the flexibility especially for ed techs who just need to keep the building running and for any staff member who have just supported each other through this. So those are your Lady Smythe shout outs for this session. Awesome. Uh, wonderful. They're great. That was great. And so where else then can they, can those who uh, want to listen to us more or follow along with us or what we'll do is I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll tag all these pokes in, in, a, in a tweet out or share out. So where can they go and see that stuff? Um, Matt, we we made a plan and then we went away from our plan. You're supposed to say the Twitter and I'm supposed to say the Facebook. It sounds See, better. This, it sounds like we're a team. This this is right on brand because I, I don't listen. Okay. All so right. you can find us on Twitter at Main Ed Matters. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash main education matters. And and, and and Julie, I promise I will try to be better. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> So please, please accept my apology. I, that I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a terrible human being. Hardly, I think that's a wrap. All right, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.